Hi, welcome back to Lost in Soul, the podcast with me, Alvin Kobulusia. And in our third episode, I also have another guest to my home studio here in Guanac, Seoul. His name is Kevin, he's a Finnish and he's an exchange student here at Seoul National University. We are sharing two classes together. The first one, the class about the Korean history from the ancient one to the contemporary and also we're also sharing the same class about the Korean language and I think he has a lot of story about learning Korean in the first time less than six months also we might talk about his home country at Finland because maybe some of us do not know much about Finland or maybe we know it wrong about Finland is it the same people between Swedish, Norwegian, Danish, and Finnish, are they different or are they just living closely and having the same attitude and so on? Or maybe they are so different between each other. So we have a lot of questions about Finland, also the question about how Finnish enjoying his time during his short time in Korea. So yeah, after the break, I will invite Kevin to the podcast. Stay tuned. Hi, welcome back to the Lost and Soul, the podcast with Kevin. I don't know how to pronounce his name. And I will give time for him to introduce himself. Hi, Kevin. Yeah. Hi, Alvin. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, your pronunciation of my last name was very accurate. Really? Yeah, I'm very surprised, actually. How? Actually, you should pronounce your name. Kainulainen. Kainulainen. Yeah. Kainulainen. Nice. Kevin Kainulainen. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't make any mistake. So yeah, I already introduced Kevin in the first segment, uh, but Kevin also can introduce himself. So how can you end up here in Korea in this semester? Well, I can. I think you kind of nailed down my basic story, but at least I would say that I just wanted to get away mm-hmm. from the Western country, so to speak, and experience something completely different. I would definitely say that I found found it here in Korea. Ah, why do you want to run away from the Western country? Is it a duel? Is it boring for you or? No, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say running away, but more about, you know, broadening, broadening your horizons, you know, exploring ah. and seeing things from a different perspective. And that's something that, you know, I enjoy traveling, mm-hmm. I enjoy seeing the world mm-hmm. and having a chance to live a long period of time somewhere. It's definitely an opportunity, mm-hmm. and that's why I wanted to do it here. Okay. Ah, is Korea the first Asia country for you? No, actually, I've been to Thailand, mm-hmm. and I've been to Taiwan as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's definitely a lot of different countries I would love to explore here, like Indonesia, for example, mm-hmm. where you're from. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's why I saw it's like a good start. Unfortunately, COVID hit, so. I wasn't able to see Asia as much as I wanted, uh-huh. but you know, 
I got to see Korea, so I'm not, I'm not complaining. Okay, why Korea, not Japan, not China, or even not <laughs> Taiwan? Or okay, Thailand it will be quite different, right? Yeah, it's in Southeast Asia. Yeah. Okay. Well, funny thing is that I actually wanted originally to go to Japan <laughs> because you know Tokyo and mm-hmm. has been you know such a lifelong dream of me to see someday. But unfortunately, I wasn't able to get into school there, and. Uh, which was actually lucky for me because Japan did not accept students this year. Ah, yeah. So, you know, then the second option was uh, Korea. Mm-hmm. And it was simply that, you know, I had never like heard about Korea outside of K-pop. Ah. And uh, so I was like, okay, but here's a country that I know so little about. So maybe just go there blind and see what it has to offer. And I will personally say it's been, you know, the right decision for sure. Like being able to be here, Okay. And just experiencing Seoul and just seeing what it has to offer. I see. It's been an amazing experience. Uh-huh. And you say that you're almost quite blind about Korea. Pretty Only much. K-pop. Pretty much. What Pretty kind much. of K-pop? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I don't listen to K-pop really, but just like the normal things you hear. Like, you know, I mean, you have like people like BTS. That's so such a huge global phenomenon. Uh-huh. That it's like impossible not to hear about them. Okay. Okay. But for... Uh, Finnish people. Yeah. What is the most uh, popular Asian countries? Asian countries? Yeah, in your in your knowledge. Japan. Japan. Yeah, fin- Finnish people definitely have like a huge interest in Japanese culture. Uh-huh. And it goes to architecture, fashion, uh-huh. you know, lifestyle. It's definitely uh-huh. something that's been heavily inspired or like interested at least for Finnish people. Okay, but also I just want to ask. Uh, because Scandinavian is one of the biggest uh, recipient region, right, for the people from the, just like the, for the asylum seekers and also for the refugees, also for the highly skilled migrants to work and move there. Mm. Uh, do you meet a lot of Asian now move to Finland? Also, maybe the second generation. I would say a lot, actually. Like, um, where are they I'm from? from? Well, I'm from Helsinki. No, 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 the the Asian people. Where, yeah, where, are where are they from? Well, I mean, they kind of like come from all over the world. We do have like people from China, mm-hmm. a lot of Chinese people for sure. Mm-hmm. We do have from Thailand, and we do have from Japan. I would say actually mostly, and we do have Korean as well, but mostly Chinese people for some reason actually. In the edge. Okay. Okay. We're gonna stop here for a while, and after this segment, we're gonna have a break. And after the break, uh, I will ask Kevin about his first encounter in Korea. Does he face some stories, the good and the bad stories here, or the funny stories when he firstly arrived here in Korea? It's like, of course, you cannot speak or read Korean, right? In the very beginning. No. no okay. Okay. We're gonna talk about it after the break. Stay tuned. Okay, now we are entering the third segment of the Laws in Seoul podcast here with our Finnish friend. So Kevin, you arrived here at August, right? That's During right. the pandemic, and you also faced the quarantine. You can talk about the quarantine, but uh, generally I just want to ask, 
uh, how does it feel coming to Korea the first time, especially the time of the pandemic? Well, I mean, the pandemic is what it is, you know, you just have to accept it and like follow the rules and guidelines. And coming to Korea, you know, and a whole different country during the pandemic is definitely a challenge. And the two weeks quarantine was definitely that. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, like, you know, you can't just have like a goal, right? You know, like, okay, after this, I'll be able to explore the mm-hmm. city and mm-hmm. just see something completely new. Mm-hmm. So it's just like a small obstacle to do. I see. But uh, what the first word that popped up on your head when you first arrived at Incheon? <sighs> How about this country? You well, remember? you know, <laughs> maybe the most basic one is like nobody speaks English. Uh, and then <laughs> the first word is shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good idea. It's fine. It's explicit yeah. podcast. Okay? I will put it as explicit. Yeah. No, I mean, it's definitely like you know, it's when you expect something completely new. Uh-huh. But then it hits you in your head. It's like, wow, shit! It is completely new. <laughs> like, was it a good idea or not? You know. And uh, but I'm quite a optimistic person. So anything you know that comes against you, it's like, okay, let's see how we can like manage to, you know, make it work. Uh-huh. And you don't uh, have you ever think just like want to go back? Want to go back? Uh-huh. So you said it shit, man. Nobody speaks English, and we're coming in during the pandemic. I mean, uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, I do miss my, you know, girlfriend and uh, friends and loved ones. And you know, when you don't see them, the first, you know, when you're just alone in that country where you don't know anyone, of course, there's this kind of like small feeling of like, ah, should just pack my bags and go. <laughs> But it's just like a, you know. A small voice, like, and it's like you know. Uh-huh. I think everyone has that, you know. Uh-huh. But it's just like you know, keep on pushing, like stuff, you know. But like, just keep on going. Okay. Uh, what's the thing that make you just like settle up here? The food, the friends, or what's the make you just like want <sighs> to throw that small voice in your head to go away? Your girlfriend, or well, I mean, like. For, for starters, there's just so much to see and do here. Like, uh, I just wanted to explore everything, meet people, try the food. And that kind of like kept me going, you know, like, mm-hmm. like you know, I'm here, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm blessed to have the opportunity to come to a different country where so many others did not have the chance to go on exchange. Mm-hmm. So that's already, it's, uh, you know, Kind of, kind of like winning the lottery ticket in my opinion so for me it's really just was to you know take advantage of that and go there and uh, see new things and be very you know optimistic you know like i understand it's challenging but if you have a chance and you know you can just try to do as much as possible mm-hmm. anything is like a trouble mm, see But I saw that also, of course, I do some background checks, quotation oh, you mark, you know, uh-huh. in your Instagram. Yeah, everything that uploaded in Instagram, it's public goods, you know? Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. And I saw that yes. you do a lot of your with your friends and Yes, that's true. And most of them are foreigners. See, so the yeah. question, is it hard to make Korean friends? Only in a small amount of time. 
I wouldn't say no. Like, uh, I mean, so people are, you know, if they are extroverted or like also interested in meeting new people, mm-hmm. then they are very welcoming. I'm definitely noticed in Korea that people do want to see like kind of foreigners, you know, uh-huh. uh, they want to meet new people mm-hmm. and also get new experiences. I see. And that makes it much easier for you mm-hmm. because when you're also interested in meeting new people. So, you know, people find different or similar kind of, you know, interests. So I would say it's definitely easy. Depends also how much you really want to try it yourself. Like, are you going to participate in activities? Uh-huh. And are you willing to try to meet new people? I see. Then you will definitely see, you know, Koreans or any other kinds of people. Okay. We're going to cut off here. And in the next segment, I will open up the segment only for Kevin. So it won't be any of me. And you will share your tips how to make a Korean friends in a small amount of time. Okay, you can start it by just, hi, I'm Kevin. I will give you some tips on making Korean friends only in a small amount of time. Sounds good. Okay, I will give you time after the break. Okay, mm. don't go anywhere. Lost in Solid Podcast will be right back. Okay, so here are my personal recommendations on how you can meet a Korean friend in Seoul. So, first of all, just like figure out your environment. If you're an exchange student, there are bound to be a lot of different events going on. So, finding out what kind of things you would like to do for yourself, let's say you like sports, there's bound to be something that the Koreans themselves like to do. So, joining a you know, tennis group, for example, It's easy way to meet new kind of Korean people. And of course, remember that you are a foreigner in a different country. So you are a very interesting person and people will definitely want to hear your story and what you have to add. I mean, you can just imagine yourself also wanting to maybe, as much as you want to learn about them, they are also willing to learn about you. And of course, you know, when you approach someone introducing yourself, And also asking questions about you know them, what they do, what they have experienced, or have they any tips to give? You know, just sharing common interest helps a lot. And of course, you know, if you have struggle finding people, if you're not an exchange, you know, you can always try you know different meetup apps. A lot of people are using it definitely here in Korea, and that's also like one of the reasons I can try. But that will definitely be my like recommendations. And also try just to be open and uh, be bold. Try to like be out there and show yourself. Helps a lot. Hey, we're back. And um, Kevin, thank you for your suggestion on how to making Korean friends in only a small amount of time. Okay, thank you for your tips. You're welcome. <laughs> and in this segment, I have this like maybe it's one of the core segments of this podcast because Kevin is uh, having a quite unique stories that he came here to Korea while. He still keep holding on his relationship with his girlfriend, which means he's in the middle of long distance relationship. 
also I can have enough courage to talking about this because I am one of the alumni. I'm the graduate of the long distance relationship. <laughs> back in 2012, me and my wife, back then we're still not married yet. We are separated by almost two years. So yeah, we can handle it until we get married. So long distance relationship, it works, guys, girls. So long distance relationship is a myth. It's totally a myth. You, know? you can still working on it, even go to the to the more serious relationship and now i would like to ask kevin about his another tips how to maintain the uh, the long distance relationship because also just like maybe for some foreigners going to some other countries is also not an impossible things on having just like dating partner in the new country right so how do you manage it just talk just like keep being open about your feelings and wanting to make effort to talk as much as possible and you know trying to kind of get that face-to-face communication you know mm-hmm. through skype or zoom or like whatever i mean that helps a lot and uh, it's tough you know and i'm definitely a person who really wants to have that physical Mm-hmm. communication that physical touch and uh, not getting that kind of similar love that you're kind of used to it puts you into a difficult situation mm-hmm. but you know when you both have these strong feelings for each other and you feel you know that you both want the same thing mm-hmm. I think it's definitely worth you know fighting for it mm-hmm. and you know it's this as they say that if you're able to make work When you're in a long distance relationship you're most likely also going to be able to make it work once you're get, getting back together again okay well yeah and you say it, uh, it was tough and what is the toughest thing that you experienced during that time i mean it's kind of like what i've said previously just like when you have seen each other so often mm-hmm. And just being able to talk about almost every single thing and just especially right now when I'm like on um, on the other side of the planet on different times and everything mm-hmm. you kind of have your own you know schedule you know like you know yeah. for me when she wakes up it's almost like you know evening already going mm-hmm. to sleep earlier than her so just being able to find that time to you know talk or just like you know when you're living so different lives you know mm-hmm. I'm exploring meeting new people it becomes difficult you know to you know find that time you know mm-hmm. especially but it goes both ways you know like if she wants to have time I don't have and I had I want to have time but she doesn't have so I would say that's difficult you know trying to manage that I see also uh The next question is based on my maybe some rough observation that here in Korea having just like uh, international partner is not an uncommon things, especially for a guy. There are a lot of Korean guy dating the foreigners, right? But for me in my <laughs> really rough observation, uh, there are not so many uh, Korean girl dating a foreigners. Maybe I'm wrong. Of course I'm wrong. I should be wrong. But based on your experience, have you been 
I'm not gonna asking whether you have been trying hitting Korea <laughs> because it's not good for your relationship. Just keep oh, it for oh, yourself. Oh okay? my god. But <laughs> have you ever been hit by Korean girl? It's 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 happened. Yeah, for sure. Often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once or twice. Oh okay. Actually, you don't need to say the numbers. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> But you already told everything to your girlfriend. Yeah, of course. Uh, And how you manage that? How I just like how to reject Korean girl politely? <laughs> It's a stupid question, but yes, maybe for some foreigners who want to come to Korea, maybe they will face the same situation like you having the long distance relationship. Yeah. But the Korean girl is too cute to be rejected. <laughs> And how you reject? <laughs> uh, you know, one of my friends once said that going to an exchange. It's like having continental breakfast at a hotel. <laughs> continental breakfast at a hotel. <laughs> okay. You have girls, you know, and you know people from all over the country uh-huh. in one single place. Mm-hmm. So you can meet Spanish girls, you can meet American, Italians, whatever, you know. Uh-huh. But yeah, cheating is quite common from what I've seen. Uh-huh. No, when you're living on the side, other side of the country. Your partner wants to know what happens, uh-huh. but and I definitely seen some of my friends who've fallen into that kind of circle, and uh, you know, but you do you like for me, being loyal and being honest is just like the true virtues like in life. That makes you. It's not simply about yourself. It's also about the feelings that they share with other person. Mm-hmm. So. You know, when you have someone hit on you, you know, just it's simply to say no. Like you know, you have it's not simply about what how you feel about it. It's also about the partner you have at home and how he or she might feel about that. And if you can't really be honest and like deny, you know, if it even is like a girl hitting at you, it's like you know, you have kind of like. Your own obligations in life to stand up for yourself as a man to be loyal, and you know if you notice that you know it's not working out on long distance relationship, then mm-hmm. just you know quit or like, you know break up, and then you can do your own thing. But that's just me, like I do things. Hold on, okay. I want to have a second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, Kevin. Oh yeah, that's a great, great thing. So yeah. Ah, uh, that's a good thing. Um, also, for those who are really want to anticipate that situation, uh, can you just share the the signal how the Korean girl try to attract the foreigners? Just like, are they in sudden chatting you, or just like, are there any? Gesture or something when somebody hitting you here in Korea. I'm just like all Koreans are quite forward or very bold. Like they oh. actually just come straight to you. Like if it's in a bar, they really want to, you know, ask you out to dance or like mm-hmm. try to like really come close to you. And even if you know you're in class, you might just something that you want to go out for coffee, mm-hmm. which something I've never experienced. Like. Really, in same you know level in European countries, I find I feel like it's more that the guys you uh-huh. know who pursues girls, uh-huh. 
But here's, I don't know, it might just be from my own experience that girls are much more, you know, they want to take initiative. Wow. Okay. Because I never really hit it, of course, because I always tell, oh yeah, I'm married and I have a husband. I have a son, so yeah. Mm. But I wait when someone tries to hit me, <laughs> when yeah. they already know my status. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe it's good for you, for all of the listeners who want to come to Korea. So you can, you should be ready for that kind of bold gesture, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go grab a coffee. Let's okay. Do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for your stories. No worries. You're often no worries. Okay. Not and sure. after this, we're going to talk about uh, Finland. Most of this is coming from my personal question because I have quite a lot of questions about Finland, about my really narrow knowledge about Finland. Just let me check it based on your it's not experience based on your life as a Finnish right because no one of course, of course. cannot choose I never asked to be born as Indonesian also you right by one okay if you can choose uh, what do you want to become born where do you want to be born if you can choose If I can choose. No, no need to answer it right now. Okay. <laughs> He will answer I'll it after the it. break, okay? I'm just trying to make a bait, so stay tuned on Last Insult. Hi, we're back. Another segment, and uh, starting from this segment before we're going to end it up uh, talking about his magnificent journey in Korea because he's already traveling a lot compared to me that <laughs> I almost stay at home during the whole year. Now we're going to talking about uh, Finland, but beforehand uh, we are ready for Kevin answer. If you can choose where to be born and what nationality is. Uh, What would you choose? Where do you want to be born? Not as a Finnish. Or maybe you can also. Oh yeah, man, I'm so... <laughs> totally. That's quite a boring answer. But um, it's hard to say because you are a product of your own environment, right? Mm-hmm. So often it is like... It's really hard to say because like you don't really know how it is to be born in a different country. Sure, I mean, like you might maybe really enjoy a country as a tourist, but you don't really get that nitty-gritty feeling mm-hmm. of actually living there. Mm-hmm. So if it just comes to like living standards, from a, like an objective point of view, Scandinavian countries are definitely like good countries and I'm definitely lucky enough to have been born there. It's mm-hmm. kind of like the, what they say, like being born into like a first world country, to a middle class family, it's like being the authority to get in life. But Just for like, you know, the sake of answering a question, I would say it would definitely be fun to be born somewhere completely different. I mean, you know, Asia kind of interests me a lot, so it was definitely fun to try actually being born somewhere in like, let's say, Japan, for example, you know? <laughs> But, you know, considering how tough the education and the Work culture is there. I'm not sure if I will enjoy it as much. <laughs> so, but it will definitely be something new and something completely different, you know. 
Saya mau mencoba. Cepat. Yeah, I want to get married to Japan, but when I face some <laughs> statistic and also the rough facts, how is it really hard living in Japan as a Japanese? So mm-hmm. I, uh, okay, I'm yet to be Indonesian, mm-hmm. but maybe I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're talking about Finland. Ah, Indonesian. Uh, we're using Nokia a lot, of course. <laughs> Okay, Still. it's Finnish, right? Yeah, it is. But not, 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 not. But Ericsson is not right. Ericsson is Sweden. I think so. I can't remember. Okay, yeah. uh, because you think so, I know that's not Finnish, right? Yeah, it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's not. But Nokia is. And also, we learn that Finland uh, has one of the best education environment, especially for kids. That's mm. why uh, a lot of countries. Try to do some just like uh, study to Finland, just like want to adapt some of the aspects of the Finland education system. Hmm. So, uh, in Indonesia, just like uh, we are having six years of primary school, starting from the age of six, and hmm. um, maybe I can say that we are already a push to be competitive. Just like in every end of the semester, we also been rank and even in some region when the parents took the the report the the education report of their student mm. how the parents sit it will be depends on the mark of their kids so the best position will be sit in the front and the student with the lowest mark will sit behind so right. it's just like making a competition more harsh you know because of the pride and uh, yes. it's almost just like a, it's of course shameful for some parents that mm. having the kid that doesn't have any uh, achievement in the class mm. but in finland i heard that there's no such a thing no it's much more i would say maybe equality based that you know everyone is equal everyone has the same chance And you don't really want to have this kind of like hierarchical position of like the smart kids and the bad kids or you know everyone's like everyone's the same you know position mm-hmm. and the uh, options and it's of course when it gets to more like you know as you go higher up the uh, education level it then changes up between your grades of course but mm-hmm. that's a completely different thing when it comes to like primary school You know, I mean, you don't even have like kind of like grades. You only have like you know, um, how you know, like a good or uh-huh. mediocre or average uh-huh. that kind of system. Oh, there, there is no. No, we do have like a. You don't get like, for example, grades in primary school. You only get like you know, uh, uh, kind of like a description, like you know, ah, you, yeah, like you know, you, you did yeah, real well or could imp- could it use improvements. Ah, uh, need improvement and something. Yeah. Ah, I see. And then when the student in Finland is becoming, the first thing is competitive, mm. when, and also when the student in Finland can start to choose their own path. It's like you are in economics, right? Yes. So just like when you finally have insight, oh yeah, I think I would like to choose economics as my major. Mm. So when? So I would say definitely like during the high school period when you start to like 
kind of choose what you want to do in life. Mm-hmm. And definitely also like if you want to go to university, mm-hmm. that's definitely a case where the competitiveness comes, you know, more into uh, the spotlight because then there are, of course, also, uh, a limited amount of seats and you really need to have the best grades to get in. Mm-hmm. So that kind of system then is that you really need the good grades and also get the really good exam results in the like, you know, to get into the schools. And also, but once you do get into, for example, a university, I won't say that there's any more of that kind of competitiveness between people. Like, mm-hmm. people are not really vying for that kind of like best position. At least in my experience, it's more like, you know, people are just like together, like working and uh, not really caring too much about their own, like outside of their own individual maybe grades, but not really wanting to compare or compete mm-hmm. in such a way. And, you know, for me, it's definitely like I saw, it was definitely like a difficult position when I was looking to find a, I wanted to study in you know, university, but I was not sure what. Mm-hmm. And this was appeared after my military service, so. Oh, so Finland had military service. Yes, we okay. do have conscription. Okay, after this. Yes. <laughs> so um, after that, I just wanted to know, like, I just tried different things. You know, I okay. did open university. I just worked in, like, this, uh, whatever jobs I could get. Mm-hmm. You know, as a mover. You know, telemarketing, whatever. Just trying to find what I could do. Mm-hmm. But then I noticed like I took a couple like open university courses during the evenings and I felt interested in like, you know, business administration, economics. And then I just went there and, you know, it was like enough to get accepted into school. And I definitely have no regrets. I see. So, so uh, when I come to Sweden, I talk with some of the, just like my interviewees and he said about uh, his app that Most of the people in students uh, mostly is not go directly to the college after the high school. It's like they can go taking the gap years, one years, two mm. years, just like you know, yeah? mm. or do some works, part-time works, also do some uh, the course, the open university course, and so on. Yeah, is it also happening, uh, Finland? So from high school, you still some of the high school graduates still have time to choose whether you want to go directly to the universities or not. Yeah, you definitely have a choice. I don't know the statistics of like who, how many people go directly to university or take a gap year, mm-hmm. but it's quite common that um, people are, you know, 18 when they graduate. Mm-hmm. So they often then, especially the guys, they go to and do their conscription. Ah, and then after that, then they try to apply for a university. Ah. For how long do you do the conscription? It depends. Uh, there are three levels to it. So first off is six months, mm-hmm. then there's nine months, and then there's a year. Uh-huh. If you do six months, you're basically a typical foot soldier. Okay. Yeah. Like infantry. Yeah, yeah, infantry. Exactly. Yeah. Nine months is like medic or uh, policeman, uh-huh. and one year you go to officer school and become uh, reserve. Yeah, so just a yeah, like a yeah, reserve officer. I think that's the English translation. Uh-huh. Yeah, and uh, I did that for one year because I didn't really have a reason to go anywhere else. Uh-huh. So that was quite an quite an experience. So you actually as 
after graduated as the over school, you becoming a lieutenant. No, no, you become like an uh, um, under sergeant. Ah, no, I yeah. see, I see. Yeah, it's only for you. Yeah, it's only for the army, or you can choose whether to navy or the air force or. Yeah, you, you can definitely also do uh, navy for sure, and uh-huh. then also different uh, schools for sure. Uh-huh. I see. Okay, well, that's my new. <laughs> new, new knowledge about the conscription in but why i just curious mm-hmm. south korea has conscription because of north korea mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> what finland <laughs> the russia or sweden because you have histories or yeah. it can be from anywhere else well i mean yeah sure there is aspects like that but also that we're not part of uh nato the, yeah uh-huh. so it ah, also, yeah so there's also like one reason to keep uh functional Uh, yeah, readiness and have some like knowledge in case there ever is a situation. So you really uh-huh. want the popula- population to be, like, uh, you know, military ready, I would say. Uh-huh. But no any security alliance. You mean between nations? Yeah. Uh, I mean, like there, there are different official ones, like, you know, I mean, the uh, military does work with, like, for example, America with some bases around Finland. Oh, they yeah. have, but it's yeah. bilateral. Yeah, okay. yeah, but there's no like you know official like a simple NATO. Mm-hmm. And definitely Russia does have some influence with that. <laughs> really? Yeah. Ah, I see. Okay. We're not going to do that. We can do that in another podcast. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, I'm curious about the Swami. Mm-hmm. For me, it's just like because in Indonesia we have so many indigenous because but because. Of that is so many. We have hundreds of indigenous tribes and yeah. so on. But Swami in Finland, in my knowledge, is just like the Aborigin for the Australia, Maori for the New Zealand, and also Native American for the American. Yeah. So for the Swami, Swami. for the it's quite same. Yeah. Uh, kind of. Yeah, it's definitely like an indigenous minority in Finland, and. Uh, <laughs> I'm definitely not an expert on their traditions or anything, but it's like a subculture, more northern part of Finland. Uh-huh. But it's physically different. You mean like evolutionary or how do you mean? Ah, okay. I don't want to be to just like segregated by the ratio, but it's based only for my curiosity. Yeah. Because in Indonesia, it's really different because between mm. people and between the indigenous people and for the most common people. I mean, culture-wise, for sure, it is different. It's culture-wise. Yes. Yeah. Okay. They, they have their own language and they also have kind of like their uh, own systems, how they you know, uh, have their own regions and everything. Ah, I see. Yeah, because maybe most of in Indonesia, maybe, things that Finland is just like Korean, you know, really homogeneous. Mm. But now you have the indigenous ones. Because in Sweden, they don't have it. No, they also have some people. Really? Also yeah. the northern? Yeah, in northern part, yeah. And also in Norway, yeah. of course, right? Yeah. I see. Okay, so we need to learn a lot more <laughs> about Scandinavia. Okay, after this, uh, we're gonna talking about the Finnish way of life. Maybe uh, some of you, it will be your first encounter with the Finland way of life. Uh, it's called one of this that I learned by myself. It's called Sisu. 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 Right. Okay, I will talk about Sisu and other way of life. Why Finnish can be so chill in my stereotypes and I need to make them drunk first to be more open. Just let me check it after this break. <laughs> Stay tuned with us.
Okay, we're back, and we're still talking about Finnish in this segment, and uh, during the break we're talking about one of the heroic story about Finland, how they can defend themselves against the Russia, right? Once, is it in a World War II? Mm-hmm. It's in a World War II, the, the Russia tried to annex the Finland, but Finland is resisted, and the Russia underestimating Finnish And they're coming to Finland during the winter, and eventually the Russia lost. But in the end, the Russia finally came get into the Finland, mm. and that spirit now still engraved in the Finnish mentality. Mm. And also uh, upon that, I also want to talk about the Finnish mentality. Mm. One of the Sisu, and also maybe you can relate it with your historical experience. So, mm. what is Sisu then? I mean, maybe the most easiest way to describe it is like being gutsy, like having the guts and determination to see things through. And uh, especially when we grow up, we kind of like learn about that kind of mentality. And just like when you mentioned about the you know, winter war with Russia. It was like, despite that we lost, we still had that, you know, and despite being on, uh, you know, outnumbered and much smaller than Russia, we still like, you know, fought, you know, we're determined to fight our way through. And that's kind of like also translated to like modern era. And in Finland, we're like, we are, you know, a small country, but we still, you know, work hard, try to get things done. It's more like a, you know, Not an individual act, but more like a you know philosophy, mm-hmm. and you would definitely say it compared to stoicism. Stoicism. Yeah. Really. Yeah, I would say like, it's something similar. Like you know, you're really trying to be like best version of yourself and get things you know done in life, being determined, mm-hmm. but also in such a way that you're not doing it you know you know to boast about it. You're doing it for, you know for your own benefit. You know. Mm-hmm. trying to make yourself a better person but i would say it's i mean how common it is it's hard to say i haven't myself really explored that much and i don't think i really stumbled upon it that often that you know mm-hmm. we talk about oh yes i have sisu it's just like <laughs> it's just like you know uh you know it's part of our culture and you know some people you know they take it more seriously and some don't mm-hmm. Because I also practice stoicism, so also I read the book about Sisu. I forgot the author, mm. and also yeah, it's about the gods, and also talk about the perseverance, and also talk about the persistence. Mm. But basically, it's the way to survive. Am I right? It's a way, yeah. It's definitely one way to describe it. Sisu, it's mm. a way to no matter how, because in the in the practical things, it's just like the order is told. As they have just like eleven steps to <laughs> to practicing sisu, mm. two of them it's really engraved in my mind. The first one is finish in the winter. They're swimming in the frozen lake. Is it correct? It happens. Happens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's and that's what the order called it a guts. You know, because you know that it's really it's really f. Cold, right? It's really freezing. Yeah. But people are still swimming there. Why? It's like it's just like you want to test your sisu. 
<laughs> I mean, you know, I think if you ask any Finnish person why, you'll get a different answer from everyone. And your answer is? My answer is just like, you know, it's an experience, you know. Uh-huh. I remember I had this one Dutch friend who came to Finland during the winter mm-hmm. and we had the opportunity to go swimming in the ice. And I was like, you know, you have to try it. It's an experience, yeah, yeah. you know. And you know, you show you can also like discuss about all the kind of like healthy benefits of like swimming in cold or water or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's just like um you know also it's just a fun mental thing to make. Like, you know, because you know it's cold. But you're still determined to yeah, go there, yeah. swim, then get it back up. I, you know, it's not that bad. You know, it's cold, but it's gonna like, kill you. So, so it's one of the things that you need to do before you die in Finland, right? Swimming in the frozen lake. I would say so. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I don't know if I can do that. Uh, yeah, you can. <laughs> I believe in you. The second things is it's really. Uh, Uh, stereotype of course and also really just like uh, attributed to the Finnish is the sauna because <laughs> people told that the Finnish is are the one who invented sauna mm. I also been trying the sauna in Norway during the winter minus 30 yeah. and the way we do it just like you go to the shower and then the sauna and then you open the fucking door <laughs> and then you're rolling in the snow and then yeah. you back and is it the way That's so, yeah. why finish the sauna? In addition to do any help, okay? Because we mm. don't need that kind of yeah. answer, right? Yeah. What the help? Kind of I think it's just you know so deeply rooted into our culture that we have saunas. Like almost every single building uh-huh. you know, have a sauna. sauna. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and just something that we do, you know, like you know, your parents do it, and you know, but of course, you know, there always be people who have like you know their own taste and preferences. You know, some people don't care about going sauna. But it's just like a nice way to relax, you know, hang out with your friends, mm-hmm. you know. And even during the, su- uh, the summer as well, you know, you know, you, love you still to... go to sauna. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, that's like the best way. You know, you just have like a warm sauna, do it there, you know, and then you go swimming into the ocean. That's like, I'd say, yeah, it's much more common. Nice. At least the summer in Finland is short. No. Yes, yeah, it's, it's short. <laughs> Two months. Uh, two or three months, yeah. Two or three months, right? Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. so, okay, back to Sisu. Okay, we already know two of the way to practice Sisu. Do you have any other suggestion to practice the Sisu for non-Finnish? I mean... Yeah, based on your, like, daily life, you know? Because maybe it's already inherited in your self, right? <laughs> in my gene. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would yeah. like that. No, I think, like, you know, everyone... Each person has, you know, their own way of having CISO. It's just about the mental thing, you know. Like, I think we say, like, every time things get tough, and you're able to push yourself through that hardship. Okay, wait for that. That's Finnish complaints. Is it? No, I'm asking you. Or, and if yes, how the Finnish complain? Just holding it for themselves, or they're talking in the back? Just like us in Indonesia, for some culture, because we have quite so many. But the first thing is, uh, that's the Finnish complaint. That we complain a lot, or that we... Yeah, just, just, so. yeah just complain. Do not say that, of course we are human. Of course I know that you're human, but yeah. that's the Finnish complaint. Because I learned that when it's Scandinavian, it's really, you know, resilient. I mean, my opinion, 
no, uh, we don't. And uh, I think it's just uh, much more of a thing that you keep it for yourself, you know? Yeah, that you, that's like... It's, yeah, uh, stoicism. And it can also be very bad, you know, because, you know, I think it's definitely important to be open and, uh, you know, discuss your hardships. And it's never a bad thing to support uh, or get support from others, you know? But that's just my own take on it. So I think most people do keep it for themselves. Wow. And how Finnish get angry? You know, it's a lot of like yelling, swearing. You know, uh-huh. and, uh, I'm not sure if it's true, but uh, but it's already when the it's already above the limit, right? Yeah, I mean, like I think Finnish has one of the most swear words. <laughs> okay, it's a new fact. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I need to fact check that, but it's definitely we have a lot of different swear words so you can definitely if you see someone who's angry yeah he's swearing it's really okay it's like dictionary right yeah <laughs> very vocal for sure <laughs> i see okay yeah that's the thing you know finish does not complain as kevin kind of line and say yeah that's the best thing and it's hard yeah that's yeah. really okay ah yeah uh the closing question for the finish segments uh i always love Just like, what uh, should we do when we go to finish? We already have two, right? What else in your suggestion? When I go to finish, Alvin, you should do this, 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 this. Well, the first question is to ask, when do you come to Finland? You when? Come, okay. Yeah, do you come in the winter or during the summer? Okay, winter. So let's go in the winter. Well, then, you know, you have to, of course, go up to the northern part called Lapland. Ah, yeah, okay. I mean... It is official. We do have the hometown of Santa Claus. So, <laughs> okay. In Karatuntari. So, so Santa Claus is Finnish. Yes, he's okay. Finnish. Or well, you know, really? he lives in Finland at least. Okay. So you should visit that. So what do you say if uh, anybody from any country claim Santa Claus is not from Finnish? Well, at least I say that you know he lives in Finland. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, but yeah, it should be that you know uh-huh. it's definitely a magical experience. And also, you can go up to north to you know ski, experience the. How you say the northern lights? Okay, the aurora. Yeah, okay. that's something that you should definitely do. And also, just like you know, if you are from a country that don't really get snow, and just seeing Helsinki when it's snowing, it's quite you know a nice experience for sure. Okay, uh, let me know if I only have one week to visit Finland. Mm. Uh, at least, or what cities should I visit? It's like back then in Sweden, I have around three weeks mm. and I spent four cities mm. Stockholm, Uppsala, Göteborg and Malmö yeah. and how about in Finland? I would say well, of course Helsinki okay. capital and is also uh, Orvo it has much more like how you say uh, old town buildings you know old town yeah it's I a, quite an experience right so what is it called? Uh, Orvo <laughs> spelling it first uh, P O mm-hmm. R B V O O Okay. And you have Turku, which is like I the second Turku. biggest yeah, city. Okay. And then we'll also go to like if you have a chance to go up north, you know, to Rovaniemi. Ah Rovaniemi. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know it. Okay. Oh no, don't we know it. I knew it. <laughs> I have read it. Okay. Mm. Uh oh yeah. Is Jerry Litmanen is still famous in Finland? Mm? Jerry Litmanen. I mean debatable. 
Debatable. <laughs> Debatable? <laughs> Why? I mean, I haven't like um, really been following him a lot, so I'm not sure if he is actually active, but I guess so. <laughs> uh, okay. But he's one of the best, right? In addition to, I think, I think yeah. he's the best. Yeah. Yeah. But in what sport also finish really good? Ice skating? Uh, no, ice hockey. Uh, yeah, ice hockey. Nice. Okay. After this, we're gonna back to talk. It's almost the last segments. Okay, it could be the last segments that uh, Kevin would share his stories in Korea because yeah, I already said that uh, he's traveling a lot. Okay, you can just like if you are an exchange in Korea, this is what you should do. Okay, right after this, we'll be right back. Okay, welcome to the last segment of the today's uh, podcast, and we already talked a lot with Kevin about Finland, also how <laughs> he is getting lost in Seoul, and also uh, his first encounter here in Korea, and now he will share the experience here about what he has already went in korea i think he's traveling a lot right so in addition to the school because maybe school is not really important for exchange students right? <laughs> i can put my bet on that so what is the most just like when i ask this question what is the first thing that you it's really popped up in your head the experiences you know the events the journey the trip or something that come to your mind that i think it is my favorite during your time in Korea, and what is it? Well, um, for me it would be just like traveling Korea, <laughs> seeing the countryside and seeing the people, seeing what kinds of things there are to discover here. Like one of my really favorite trips was actually to the island of Jeju, <laughs> which is like south of South Korea. <laughs> and uh, it was just so nice to get this more, you know, escapism from the mm-hmm. city mm-hmm. yes go to like a, a more rural rural place and just experience like the simplicity mm-hmm. of the island simplicity yeah the jeju yeah because like you kind of get the like stress you know living in city life you see the people working long hours you get the pressure from the school of having to study hard but anyway go to jeju it's definitely like a you know I would say like a place to relax, you know, you have beaches, you have you no know, warm weather, you have the uh, waters and uh, palm trees mm-hmm. and the food. It's just like a nice experience, so. a nice change of pace. Okay. Uh, another one? Another one would definitely be like, you know, meeting the people and all the events. The school at SNU have definitely been very accommodating mm-hmm. in wanting to create these experiences where we have this like buddy program mm-hmm. where the Koreans themselves, you know, arrange different events, everything from like um, taking like um, Taekwondo lessons mm-hmm. or having some 
traditional Korean food. So that's one really nice way to just like experience the culture. Mm-hmm. I see. So the ultimate question about the podcast is: um, after you live here for four months, are you lost in Seoul? No. Okay. I would say I'm definitely, you know, I would say find my find my place here. Mm-hmm. I feel much more comfortable to I know my way around, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a lot more easier for sure to live here than in the first few months. I see. Okay. We almost reached the end of this podcast. Do you have any question or anything to add? Also, just like the suggestion. For any foreigners around the world who want to come to Korea, we want to no, don't go to Korea or come on, just come. But you should blah 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 blah, or just come to Korea. Do not need to <laughs> wrap your bag and go. I would say if you have an interest in exploring Asia or culture in Korea, it's definitely recommendable to come here mm-hmm. because there's so much to do, so much to see and explore. And my only recommendation would actually be to learn a bit of Korean because a few people speak, you know, English on a really, how you say, like a fluent level. So learning a bit of the language definitely helps a lot. So you can communicate, just like basic things like you know how to order in a restaurant or getting directions. But you know, it's definitely an experience that I recommend to everyone. Mm-hmm. So you're not lost in Seoul. No? No. Okay. <laughs> okay, Kevin. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so yeah. much. Thank you. Thank you. Um, enjoy your trip back home to Finland. Happy meeting your your friend again. <laughs> finally, exactly. <laughs> you are already graduated, right? From this long distance relationship course. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get a deal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're professional now. So uh, that's our podcast with. Kevin Kainulainen from Finland. Uh, he will be uh, going home to Finland in the mid of December this 2020. Uh, I hope you can meet him again someday. Of course, I want to go to Finland. And if you go to Finland, maybe you can contact him. I will put his Instagram there. He's also a model. So yeah, I think you're open for inquiry, right? You're open for a job? Of course. Of course. <laughs> okay. So that's it. Thank you. If you have any suggestion for this podcast, just contact me on my Instagram at, at Kobusia. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. See you in another episode. Lost in Soul is out. <laughs>